Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you from socially distant locations at Lambeau Field. And, Wes, you take a look back at last Sunday. You really couldn't draw it up any better as far as the way the results fell for the Green Bay Packers. In the early part of the day, the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers which gave the Packers the opportunity to clinch the NFC North championship with a victory over the Lions, which Green Bay did with a 31 to 24 victory. And as the Packers were kneeling that out, the Philadelphia Eagles were kneeling out an upset victory over the New Orleans Saints that now has the Packers technically in the number one spot in the NFC with that tiebreaker over New Orleans. It was a pretty good Sunday all, all around for Green Bay. Yeah, it was like the opposite of my fantasy football team, Mike, where <laughs> in that particular case, nothing went right for me the last few weeks. For the Green Bay Packers, everything went right for them on Sunday, but namely their performance against the Detroit Lions. Now, I warned people, if you go back to Insider Inbox last week, anytime you cross Lake Michigan, you have to throw out the records especially when Matthew Stafford is the quarterback. And that held true. I mean, this is a matchup where going into Ford field, there's just something about it, Mike. I don't know exactly what it is, but you can never just take that game for granted at any juncture of the season. And even though they have an interim coach, even though they had a bunch of injuries on both sides of the ball, Detroit was game in this contest. But what I like that green Bay did, they started off fast. They started out efficient. And that first play third play of the game for green Bay first series of the game being able to hit Devontae Adams on the 65-yarder. They were testing the Lions secondary that was without Jeff Okuda and also with Desmond Trufant on IR. They tested those young cornerbacks early on. It worked to the Packers' benefit and were able to kind of control the tempo throughout those four quarters. Yeah, and we saw Devontae Adams uh, make that bit of history that we had talked about last week where he got a touchdown reception in his eighth consecutive game which uh, snapped that franchise record tie with Don Hudson and also just a touchdown rushing or receiving in eight consecutive games, broke a tie with Paul Hornig and Amon Green. So Devontae Adams sitting alone in the record book there with that streak, which hopefully uh, for his sake, he'll continue against the Carolina Panthers this weekend. But you said it, Wes, offensively for the Packers, it was a fast start. First two possessions, two touchdowns. But then the Packers really took control of this game at the start of the second half, it was a 14 all tie at halftime, but the Packers got the ball to start the second half, put together two methodical drives. One that was almost nine minutes on the clock. The next one, almost eight minutes on the clock. Both of those resulted in touchdowns and sandwiched in between was a three and out by the defense. Yeah. So suddenly 12 minutes remained in the ball game, the Lions had run only three plays on offense and the Packers had a 14 point lead. That was uh, that worked out absolutely as perfectly as the Packers could have asked for to get command of that football game. Eight minutes and 49 seconds to drive that far. And as Rogers even said afterwards, a real grinding out kind of series for green Bay. And it was at an important time, Mike, because it sort of flipped the, the Packers typical uh, game plan on its axis where they've had some really strong second quarters. And then the third quarters have been times where they just haven't really gotten the start they wanted in this particular case, the lions kind of, you know, grab some momentum at the end of the first half. Green Bay needs a response after a three and out to close the second quarter and they get it. That series in particular, I'm trying to remember if it was three or four third down conversions they were able to make the biggest one, of course, being probably one of the prettiest plays of Green Bay's season, 
Marquez Valdez Scantling 21 yards on third and 14, a play that started, mind you, Mike, with Robert Tunyon on the right side coming off the quick chip block, ends up bowling over three Lions defenders. Aaron Rodgers could have had all week to throw that ball. And with that type of protection, with that type of time, Marquez Valdez Scantling making a big play. Six targets for Scantling in this game, six receptions, 85 yards. Rodgers was just emphatic in his praise of the third-year receiver afterwards, talking about not only the strong hands, not only the way he stepped up when he was called upon, but the way in which he responded the last two weeks. You got to remember, before that game against the Lions, his last catch was the fumble in Indianapolis at the end of that game. He kept his shoulder, his head on his shoulders, and was able to, to bounce back. And he said that's the reason, Rogers said, that's the reason why he's earned the respect of this locker room and, more importantly, earned his trust in this offense. Well, what was interesting with regard to the way the game developed for MVS is afterwards everybody was wondering, well, where were the deep balls to MVS? What's forgotten is that that third quarter drive started with a third down and a deep shot to MVS, but he draws a defensive holding penalty. He was actually held up about 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. The flag was thrown very early. Then the deep shot was overthrown as a result of that holding. So they did still try to go deep to him, but it was it was the way he was incorporated into the offense in all the other ways. The back shoulder throw for the touchdown with the strong hands. You mentioned the comeback route on third and 14. Really interesting on that, that drive for the Packers to open the third quarter. They had to overcome two holding penalties on that yeah. drive in order to get that touchdown. One of those was by Valdez Scantling, and then he makes up for it by converting on the third and 14 to keep that drive going. So a lot of things the Packers were able to work through and, and really get things going there at the start of the second half. And um, I'll say this too. I think we saw, and we'll be talking about this, I think, in, in the coming weeks here, but I think we saw Aaron Rodgers make a legitimate move here toward uh, a potential third MVP with him putting up another 130 plus passer rating game, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's done that now, I believe, is it nine or 10 times in his career where he's had a three touchdown game without any interceptions. He extended his lead in the the passer rating category over Patrick Mahomes. He's Rodgers now at 119 plus as far as his passer rating. And with Mahomes throwing three interceptions, Rodgers has four, Mahomes has five on the year. So Rodgers isn't going to catch Mahomes in terms of the passing yards. Mahomes is already well over 4,000 yards. Rodgers is more than 500 yards behind him with three games to go. But all those other major categories for quarterbacks, Rodgers is in the lead right now. And I think he's got a legitimate shot at that third MVP. He really does. And I thought a performance like this, the fact that Mike, the Packers have played now 13 games this season in one of those games, Tampa Bay, Aaron Rodgers' passer rating has been under 108. Uh, he's been North of that in 12 different games. That is a remarkable stat. Tom Fanning Packers communications uh, rep that they have here was just churning out the stats uh, in, in the career milestones that Rodgers has reached. Heck he even surpassed the incomparable Tobin wrote for the all-time franchise record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. When this thing's all said and done, maybe absent, you know, the Ironman record that Brett Favre has, uh, Rogers is going to make a run at all these here in Green Bay. But more importantly, Mike, I think this thing that stands out to me when I was looking at his stats and sort of digesting everything after the game on Sunday, 2014, he's exceeding those numbers right now. He's, he's kind of outpacing that. 
while the yardage isn't what it was in 2011, he's kind of closing in on a lot of those different stats as well. Mm -hmm. 39 touchdown passes through 13 games, just a remarkable season that he's put together. You can see the comfort in the offense. He's utilizing all of his perimeter weapons. He's getting Robert Tunyon involved the way he has with nine touchdown passes. He's making those running backs better. Mike, for a guy that allegedly didn't have any weapons to begin the season, I think the people that are going to be voting, the national narrative that has been construed, they have to make a decision here. Okay, was it that Aaron Rodgers didn't have any weapons like a lot of them said he didn't at the beginning of the season? So naturally, I mean, my goodness, he should be the MVP, right? He's doing this with a bunch of guys from down the block at Bayport High School. Or is it the fact that maybe they underrated what the Packers had offensively and maybe Aaron Rodgers has just taken those different levels to a next step. Uh, that, that's what's going to be the big decisions they're going to have to make because we all knew what Patrick Mahomes had coming back, coming off a of Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, everybody's questioning 13 and three. Is that a legitimate 13 and three? Is it a, a fake 13 and three? Because, you know, it's just so easy to win 13 regular season games in the NFL. No, this is a guy that is very much in the thick of this thing. And if this pace holds, Mike, with three regular season games to go, I don't know how you can deny Aaron Rodgers a third MVP. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be difficult to do that, but there are still three regular season yep. games left. That is a legitimate chunk of the season, and uh, both Mahomes and Rodgers with some big games here left to play. But uh, since I was uh, absent-minded last week with regard yes. to the sponsor business, I'm going to get to it a little bit earlier in My today's show. My son gets to eat this week. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> so here we go. Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88 is the only radio outlet dedicated to the National Football League seven days a week. 365 days a year and Packers fans score up to $500 for your devotion to the pack. When you open a Packers checking account from associated bank, learn more at associatedbank.com backslash Packers. All right, Wes on the defensive side of the ball for the Packers in this game against the lions, I think it was, and I wrote about this Monday night after uh, Matt LaFleur addressed the media, it just seemed to be another one of those games with, with a lot of ups and downs on, on the defensive side of the ball. There were some really good moments after you know the Lions had, had scored a touchdown early, then the Packers defense got a couple of stops and the Packers took a 14-7 to lead. The three and out at the start of the second half that we talked about, that was also big. But then you look at the negatives and, you know, that drive in the fourth quarter when the Packers are up by two touchdowns and the penalty flags are just flying all over the place. You're giving the Lions, I believe it was four free first downs on that drive alone, five in all in the game because of defensive penalties. Those kinds of things are frustrating. And if there's a trend on the defensive side of the ball that you get concerned about here, it is that the Lions took the opening kickoff and went right down and scored a touchdown. The Packers have now allowed points on the opponent's opening drive in four of the last five games. Now the Lions getting a touchdown, that's the only time that that opponent has put it in the end zone yeah. in this current streak. The other ones were all field goals, but the Packers defense is not coming out of the box, out of the gate, you know, right away in the first quarter, playing the kind of defense that they want to play. It's, it's, it's been this kind of roller coaster thing, game to game, series to series. That's just kind of what the Packers defense is right now. And, and uh, hopefully you know, you can get the key turnover, get the key stop. That's the kind of thing that this, uh, this Packers team is going to, is going to count on from the defense. But quite honestly, this Packers offense is going to have to continue its trend of, of putting up 30 plus points, which it has done the vast majority of the season to give themselves the best chance to win right now. Let, let's start this by 
quoting one of my all-time favorite coaches in the National Football League, Dom Capers. Let's start with the positives. <laughs> uh, the, the Green Bay Packers defensively, there are there have been a lot of upticks here. I think Dean Lowry is playing his best football of the season right now. Kenny agree. Clark looks healthy again, uh, but unfortunately they lost Montrevious Adams, so they got to figure out a rotation here and, and how they want to go about handling this thing moving forward. But Lowry and Clark have really impressed me as of late. Kenny Clark also getting his second sack of the season uh, at the end of the first half. A, an important time for Green Bay after a jumping off sides penalty had just given the Lions an untimed down. Uh, Jair Alexander playing at an elite level. The, the thing, and, and also Rashawn Gary, we have to see exactly where he's at health-wise, but he got his fifth sack as well. The thing that, that is the most concerning to me at this point um, on the other side of the spectrum for Green Bay's defense is, one, they're making teams go the distance, especially on those opening series where it hasn't been one big breakdown. It's not a 70 yard catch that they're getting down the field and, and then, you know, putting points on the board, but there hasn't been a lot of, I keep trying to think of the right word in terms of like, it, it's, it's too easy. Uh, Matthew Stafford completes six to seven on that opening drive. The only incompletion was a, a pretty obvious TJ Hawkinson drop. Uh, they, they aren't able to get the stops on third and long, which typically Green Bay actually has done a pretty good job of this year. Mm -hmm. That hurt them in this game. They, they've stopped the run the last two weeks, Mike. Yeah. I mean, they only have a, given up 115 rushing yards to running backs in the last two games. But it also, in those third and short situations, they just haven't been able to really hold their line and, and stop teams there. You got to have one of these things sort of happen in order to win consistently on the defensive side of the ball. This team's talented enough. They're going to get takeaways. Those things are going to happen, but you also don't want to be like that 11 team that just had to live and die off the takeaways and then sort of hold on for dear life. Uh, when those things don't happen, they're deep enough. They're talented enough to do it. Unfortunately, they had lost Raven green that caused a domino effect and they lose Shannon Sullivan. But honestly, I thought, you know, Vernon Scott played well on a, a small basis. So it's just figuring out the right rhythm and tempo for this defense and being able to maintain it. Cause Mike, the reality is we're going to be talking about a lot on Thursday, but if Christian McCaffrey plays this week and Derek Henry plays next week, the green Bay Packers are entering a very, very difficult part of their schedule defensively, making sure that they stop two of the NFL's elite running backs. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to get to next is that you mentioned the Packers run defense has been on the upswing here. And I actually looked at it statistically you go back these last three games, the start of the Bears game, the very first handoff, yeah. David Montgomery goes 57 yards. Since that opening handoff of the Chicago Bears game, in the last three games, the Packers run defense has allowed only 3.9 yards per carry to the running backs of the opponents. So that's taking out the quarterback scrambles and right. those other things that get thrown into rushing yards that really isn't a reflection of your run defense running backs after the 57 yard run by Montgomery running backs only have about 140 rushing yards over the last three games. But here comes potentially Christian McCaffrey on Saturday night at Lambeau field. Then the following week, the NFL's not only reigning rushing King from 2019, but league leading rusher in 2020, trying to go back to back in that category in Derrick Henry. So this uptick in the Packers run defense is going to get tested. They're going to, it, it, it's, you know, here it is prove that your run defense really is, you know, making the strides that you want it to make heading into the playoffs. You, you can't ask for two bigger tests back to back. Now, again, McCaffrey will see where things are injury wise, but the reports that we're hearing is that he's 
potentially returning to practice this week. He was held out last week when some people thought he would play. Um, and, uh, and McCaffrey and Henry back to back, um, the, uh, the challenge doesn't get too much tougher than that. It really doesn't Mike. And, and it's funny too, because they're completely different running backs too. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is just an all around weapon. Now, We've got to see exactly where he's at health-wise. He's only played in, what, three games this season. If he does go or if he's limited, we're going to have to see exactly how how much you know he's going to be available to them. And then the other thing the Panthers have to start thinking about is not necessarily shutting him down, but do you really want to put more tread uh, or take more tread off of his tires here in a year that has you know, ultimately basically been lost for them now sitting at four and nine? But if he does play, he can hurt you in a number of different ways. The one game he played on when he came back, I think he ended up – putting up however many total yards and whatnot. I mean, he's, he's a definite playmaker, one of the best in this NFL and Derrick Henry, man. I mean, the thing about Derrick Henry is he's a monster truck and you don't want to just go tackle a monster truck with my grand Prix out there. You need several automobiles in order to stop that guy. And that's where this it's on the defensive front. It's on the outside linebackers holding their edges. It's on the inside linebackers being able to be stout and even the guys, when he does trickle in the secondary with the defensive backs, making sure that they gang tackle. Green Bay did an interesting thing in this game, Mike, uh, looking back at Sunday. They rotated all three of their inside backers. I don't know the last time I've seen that. Uh, typically, you always go with one every down guy, the the Mike that is there first, second, and the usually the only inside linebacker on the field on third down, that Blake Martinez type. This game, they use Kamal Martin, they use Chris Barnes, and they use Christian uh, uh, Kirksey. I maybe you know this. I, I didn't really see a big parallel in where they use specific personnel. It just seemed like they rolled all of them. So figuring out what that combination is going to be is going to be critical uh, because not only are they going to get matched against potentially McCaffrey as a pass catcher, but there's going to be those instances too, where they're going to have to take that guy on head on and it, it's going to have a big impact on whether or not the defense is going to be able to get off the field. Yeah. I mean, one way to look at this is, you know, if McCaffrey does play on Saturday night, he's sort of like your, you know, almost like your rematch with Alvin Kamara and a potential yeah. preview of the playoffs in terms of how you're going to handle a guy like Kamara if the, the Packers were to face the Saints in the postseason. We all know what Dalvin Cook did to the Packers. Well, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, it's not totally apples to apples, but those guys are pretty, you know, similar in a lot of ways. And then you look at a running back like Cam Akers and what he's doing for yeah, the Rams, right. you know, a team like that that looks like it's headed to the postseason. So um, these are, you know, the, the these are the tests that are going to that are going to get the Packers ready for the postseason in really what is, in my opinion, their most vulnerable defensive area. Um, even though it's been trending better of late, but their most vulnerable defensive area, certainly considering what happened last January, is the defense against the run. Yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind too with this Panthers game, and again, we'll talk more about it on Thursday, but even if McCaffrey is limited or even if he doesn't play, we'll see how the week shuffles out. Mike Davis has had kind of a resurgence this year for Carolina, and he actually fits what Matt Rule and that offense wants to do pretty dang well. Uh, he's been a good fill-in piece. He can catch the ball. He can run. He's not as dynamic as McCaffrey, but he's been a definite 1B to uh, what McCaffrey's done. And keep in mind, this is a guy that barely ever played when McCaffrey was healthy. McCaffrey's an every down back. They don't, they don't have a Jamal Williams that's coming off the bench to spell him. I mean, he just goes. And for Mike Davis to step up the way he has, he's actually performed pretty admirably uh, in the last few months when McCaffrey's been down. Well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the Packers 10 and three tied with the new Orleans saints now for the top record in the NFC, the Packers technically in the number one seed with the head to head victory over new Orleans. So 
The table is set for Green Bay. If the Packers can run the table from here, three straight victories, they will be the number one seed. They will get the first round by in the NFC. Um, elsewhere, as far as the, uh, the NFC playoff picture, you've got the Rams and the Seahawks are going toe-to-toe here. I think they're going to meet in week 16 for a head-to-head matchup that could decide the NFC West title. Um, the NFC East is, you know, still a, a bit of a mess. Um, but Washington is the team that is definitely coming on strong there with, uh, with Alex Smith at, at quarterback. Well, and, and now it's Dwayne Haskins again. So it's just like, it's been a mess. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, fortunately for Alex Smith, they're saying it's just a calf yes. injury. So it isn't anything serious yeah. with regard to his, uh, his previous leg injury that had kept him out obviously for a couple of years, but then this, this NFC wildcard picture, yeah. Wes, I mean, it's like, you know, the bears and the Vikings are going to play each other this week. They're both six and seven. The winner kind of stays alive in the hunt. The loser is probably out of it. The Arizona Cardinals, they kind of, you know, they, they snap their losing streak. They beat the giants. So they're in the, in the thick of this wildcard thing. Obviously the team that doesn't win the NFC West between the Seahawks and the Rams is most likely going to get a wild card spot, but still a, a, a lot of stuff to be determined. And certainly the Packers winning all three games here and finishing 13 and three to get the number one seed. That's not a given with this schedule, uh, with the schedule the Packers have. If McCaffrey comes back, obviously Derrick Henry. And if the Bears are playing for something in week 17 at Soldier Field, that's a, uh, that, that's a lookout type of game too. Yeah, I made that point in inbox too, Mike. I know everybody, they want to talk about, okay, Packers have issues on the defense. They gave up the 71-yard return uh, to Jamal Agnew. There's things that they have to shuffle out. No question. Everybody has answers, has questions they have to answer though right now. And I think this past week was good proof of it, Mike. When you look at New Orleans, the fact that they have the best defense in the NFL statistically, well, that didn't help him much against Miles Sanders when he's screaming down the field from an 82-yard touchdown. It didn't help him much when Jalen Hurts ends up going off and being able to use his legs to extend plays. This is the type of thing where, remember when I was saying in, in October and the end of September that that last three weeks is probably going to be what separates that number one seed from the rest of the group. The Green Bay Packers are sitting in a very nice, advantageous position right now. They have good yep. competition coming up. None of these three games are going to be pushovers. But to be here in week 15 now and have your schedule in, in, they always use the control your own destiny thing, but to be able to, to be playing in front instead of how many years where you and I have covered this thing, Mike, and they've been trying to play catch up. uh, That is an incredible position for green Bay to be in. And it shows you that the team that's most consistent, there's going to be highs and lows, but the team that's most consistent is the one that's going to be there in the end. Yeah. And the other one I should mention when we talk about the NFC playoff picture, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, they got a big win over the Minnesota Vikings, which obviously helped the Packers in clinching the NFC North. But now suddenly with the saints taking a loss and they're not sure if Drew Brees is coming back yet and they have to play the chiefs and the Buccaneers are are two games back of the saints with three games to go. Now the, the saints swept them um, in the regular season. So they have the, they have the two O tiebreaker advantage there, but that division, the NFC South isn't actually decided no. yet. No, it isn't. And, and one of the big reasons for that is again, getting back to the consistency side of things. And I think everybody just anticipated and just assumed that new Orleans was just going to run through Philadelphia and the Eagles figured a couple things out in that game. Yes. There were moments of adversity. Yes. There was times where it looked like the saints might in fact pull themselves back into it. But sometimes Mike, you know, the way the ebbs and flows of a game go, if you just have enough wind in your sails and and you can get to that fourth quarter, no matter what your record is, no matter how good or bad they say you are, 
you're going to find a way to pull it out. And, and for Green Bay, that ended up being a blessing because here they are now with three to go and, and sitting atop the NFC with that tiebreaker over New Orleans. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team all week long on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.